And welcome back, folks, to Make Mine Multiversity, a Marvel podcast. For this, our special episode at the beginning of April. It's no joke, no fool, no fooling you. This is an episode of Make Mine Multiversity. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Gregory. With me, as usual, is Nick Palmieri. Jess is not uh, with us this episode, but I don't think she's dead. I don't think she's dead. She's not dead, right, Nick? No, she's very much alive at a WWE event. Right, she's doing the wrestling. Her other her other passion that's not the comics. She's, uh, <laughs> she is in the ring. So if you turn on the television and turn it to the WWE channel right now, you can see Jess um, wrestling. I don't even know who or what wrestlers are. Kevin Owens, know. Kenny Owens. Who would Jess be wrestling? Uh, his last name yes, is Owens she's and his wrestling. first name has a K. <laughs> she's wrestling Kenny, Kenny Rogers on, Kenny on Rogers. WWE. So, uh, <laughs> Kenny Rogers, um, uh, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Uh, so instead this of is like, a special episode, uh, make, no, I was going to make a dumb joke. Instead of, uh, instead of what? Instead of like no, a folding go ahead, chair. Go ahead, he, do, it, do it. He uses rotisserie chickens. Yes. Yes. No, wait, wait. <laughs> Who do you think Kenny Rogers is? Kenny Rogers. Am I thinking of a different, like, there was this chicken place named Kenny Rogers, and they were famous for their rotisserie chickens <laughs> when I was really <laughs> little, and they closed down because, like, people accused them of using growth hormones in their chicken as if everybody else wasn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> they closed down when I was, like, I was five or something. About- I was talking about the country music singer, but I guess that works too. <laughs> maybe they were the same person. Okay. Maybe they're the same. Maybe they're the same Kenny Rogers. Look <laughs> it up, folks. Get back to us. Um, okay, cool. So we're coming at you not with rotisserie chicken, but with comic-y things uh, for this this special installment of Make Mine Multiversity. We'll be covering the news from the spring uh, Comic-Con season, basically from C2E2 where Marvel dropped a bunch of news things. And then the second part of the episode, we will um, celebrate and review uh, the beginning of the end of Jason Aaron's Thor saga with the first issue of War of the Realms that came out this week. Uh, But first, if you're coming to us from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or other places where people go to get podcasts, I don't know what theirs would be, the NPR One app, um, please take a moment to uh, rate, review us, uh, let us know how we're doing, what we could do better, yada, yada, yada. Uh, if you're coming to us from there and you've never heard of where we're hosted, multiversitycomics.com, head on over there. I don't know why you wouldn't have heard of multiversitycomics.com. It's only like the uh, best comic news site ever among the like hundreds of comic news sites that exist. Uh, we have like ten. Th- we have like ten followers on Twitter, right? Something like that. Like huh, five, ten thousand, eleven. I hope twelve. 10,000. Oh, yeah. Okay. So maybe a little more than 10. But the 10 people that listen to this podcast follow, hopefully, follow Multiversity Comics on Twitter. That would be good. Maybe. Anyway. Oh, uh, wait. Uh, uh, head on before over to- we close out this intro, yes. Uh, I just want to say Kenny Rogers Roasters is still open. It was founded by <laughs> Kenny Rogers, the musician. And oh, okay. uh, the first restaurant is like. 20 minutes away from where I grew up. And to, to this day, they are very popular in Asia for some reason. 
Okay, well, we know what Nick's going to be doing when he logs off here. He's going to go get chicken at Kenny Rogers. Um, uh, anyway, head on over to Multiversity Comics. There's some shit there. Read it. Yeah. Um, also, at the end of this episode, following our review of War of the Realms, uh, following a commercial break, there will be an interview that I did at C2E2 with Unstoppable Wasp writer Jeremy Whitley ahead of the release of issue six, which is out next week on April 10th. So stick around for that. Um, but with that, we're going to head on over to the news stuff. So Nick, are you ready? Are you ready to news? Yes. <laughs> but Mexican pizza. But Mexican pizza. Yes, but Mexican pizza. But Mexican. Yes, Mexican Just pizza. Had to, okay. had to fit it in. Had to fit that oct- octagonal. It's it goes with the wrestling thing because don't they wrestle he- in an it's, octagon? It's a hexagon. Wait, wrestling is oh, in a square. Shit. <laughs> is what, what what fighting thing do they octagon? But do, do, don't people say like I'll meet you in the octagon or whatever? Is that not a thing that people say? I'll meet you in the Isn't Pentagon that- is something that happens on political thrillers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been watching too much West Wing. Uh, 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 oh. Was it what? No, what fighting things in an octagon? It's like uh, it's like MMA or something, right? Maybe. Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> All right, so sumo wrestling is uh, in a circle. <laughs> sumo wrestling is in a circle. Yeah, octagon. But it could like it could be it could be like a, a shape that has like hundreds of sides. We don't even know. It might not even well, be circles. A circle. Circles have an infinite amount of sides. Oh, I guess that's hashtag calculus. Or they have, <laughs> or they have no sides. Jokes no. on you. No, they have infinite. <laughs> yes, you can calculate the okay, slope whatever. at anyone. Anyway, uh, I was a math minor in undergrad. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know math, sort of. Anyway, um, okay, news: Mexican pizza. Uh, so C two E two was a fun time. I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, good things. Uh, but Marvel came. Marvel came to play, so they had a lot of announcements at their next big thing panel. Um, and the the they first so we'll get to the announcements, which y'all probably already know the big one. Um, but they introduced a uh their their 2019 slate, like the CB Sabolsky Kiryashita uh, was talking about. Um, taking something from like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like the movie side of things, because like they have like a slate, like here's the slate of things that are coming out in this phase. So they had like a 2019 slate. So the first thing that's that's happening in their 2019 slate is War of the Realms, and that's we'll talk more about that in in uh, in part in part two of the episode, and that's like the spring part of the slate. And then the second thing is the uh, the Hickman's Avengers or Hickman's not Avengers Hickman X Men stuff, which we'll talk about here in a second. And the third thing is is absolute carnage which we'll get to and then they teased a december 2019 thing um but let's talk about this idea of them having a slate uh so nick what do you what do you think about about marvel sort of adopting this like really sort of leaning into this like seasonal thing and having like here's the big things to look out for over the rest of this year i didn't know that's how they were like like i hadn't thought about it i didn't really keep up with the announcements as they happened um and I'm sure, you know, like sitting in a panel, it, were you actually at the panel? Yes. Yes, I was. I was there okay. for most of it. I left I left right before the Q&A because I had to go run and, and do an interview. 
Okay, yeah, so I'm sure, like, being there in the panel, like, you could you could really tell, like, what they were doing in terms of having a slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's cool. I, I like that much better than just, you know, all of a sudden they're throwing a whole bunch of events at you and you're like, what is going on? And nobody's following any of them. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more organized. <laughs> I like organization. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, yeah, it, it helps you just organize your thoughts on what you're looking forward to and when it's coming at you. This is, <laughs> I feel like it should be a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a really, that is really a point. Like it se- kind of seems like for the pet, pa- like for the past few years, well, for most of the last few years, Marvel's had like their one sort of like tentpole, tentpole summer event thing. And that's been like the guiding thing for the whole line. And then you have like a big event and then some books spin out of that and other books continue and they have their six issues. And then you have like your next big event thing. Um, and here it kind of seems like, you know, all these books are going to be going all at the same time. Some of them might tie into these things. Some of them might not, but it seems like instead of just having all these like small events. So we're just like throwing at you instead of having like these like five sort of like tiny events that are happening all at once. And you don't really know what's what or when what's happening until it's announced. Here's like a, it's very, it is very organized, which yeah, I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Could you really like feel that at the panel? Like, did it feel very, uh, like organized did it feel like they knew what they were doing in a way that you couldn't really feel before it kind of did like it 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 really did like it really because so so like so war of the realms is the first big like line-wide event that marvel's had since they sort of made that promise after secret secret empire that they were gonna like not go 18 months where we're gonna go 18 months without having a huge event um and it kind of seems like in that time that they've really sort of like that that 2019 this being their 80th their 80th anniversary is like that they have these big things lined up and they know sort of like pins so which know where where what pins are going to drop where and it does kind of feel like that they have a plan uh, through the rest of this year and and into the next year um and that's kind of like that's a really cool thing like it it feels really sort of exciting to know that the whole line kind of has like a a a, a plan or an idea of where it's going um like i think that's cool so it did, it did feel organized in the, in that, in that panel. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so coming in July, 2019, the second big thing happening in this year as part of Marvel's sort of slate of events is that Jonathan Hickman is coming to write the X-Men. Uh, so starting in July, Hickman will be launching two count them, two X-Men miniseries things. So the first one is called House of X, written by Hickman, illustrated by Pepe Larraz, who did Extermination and uh, parts of Avengers No Surrender, one of those young gun dudes, um, and then colored by Marte Gracia, uh, who they spelled his name wrong on the, uh, the teaser thing, which is embarrassing. Um, and the second... I thought that'd be funnier than it was. The second uh, six issue thing is uh, a book called Powers of Ten, except ten is like Roman numeral ten, so it's an X because marketing. Uh, written by Hickman, illustrated by R.B. Silva, and then colored by Gracia. So both six issues, they're alternating biweekly books. Uh, so it'll be basically like like a twelve issue weekly 
series thing. And it's supposed to be like the next radical thing for the X-Men. So Marvel pitched it as like sort of there's been there have been these eras of 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 X-Men stuff uh, starting um, back, you know, whenever like the last one. <laughs> I don't know X-Men thing. So when you're saying I. I I like sort of know X-Men history. So do you mean like in terms of when they've retitled? Honestly, I feel like from the very beginning, you can see like very clear runs, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're saying like the next sort of like, like there's like, there's like the Claremont era of X-Men. People know like what you're talking about when you're talking about the Claremont era. And then there's like the Grant Morrison era of X-Men and people know what you're talking about when you're Mm -hmm. talking about that. And And then the the Joss Whedon, like and the Morrison and Whedon, even Claremont, all of those had uh, title changes. So, like when you say the Uncanny Era, you're talking about Claremont. When you say New X Men, that's Morrison. Astonishing yeah. is Whedon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't. I think they sort of rolled the Astonishing thing into the Morrison stuff because they didn't say that was one of the the eras. Like they said, the Claremont stuff, and then Age of Apocalypse was its own era because there were all these different titles and all these different sort of things. And then it was Morrison with New X Men. And they basically said since Morrison, which which is kind of like since Morrison, there hasn't been like a big sort of like X Men shakeup thing, and that this is going to be the next big X Men shakeup thing. Nice. Um, so, so that so that starts all in July. Will probably lead into some big book that Hickman will probably take over. I would imagine like relaunch a new number one ongoing thing out of this. Um, and we also got this really pretty uh, Mark Brooks teaser image, uh, which you can find on Multiversity and on the internet if you just Google things. Um, and it and Hickman said at the panel that everything in this teaser is purposeful and everything in this teaser has something to do with what is coming in his run. Um, so Nick, what do you think about Hickman being back at Marvel? What do you think about... Or like, what does it mean for Hickman to be back at Marvel? Or what are your thoughts on Hickman doing X-Men stuff? Uh, So first off, I'm kind of sad that Doomsday Clock took so long that Hickman had to not do Legion and now do X-Men. But at the same time, I'm glad that Doomsday Clock is taking so long that (laughs) by the time he's done with X-Men, he might be able to go back and do Legion. That's true. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, I just hope that like, I'd imagine... For a writer like him, he would have very different ideas for every property. But at the same time, I could also see him, you know, having ideas that could work for both. You know, so Mm -hmm. I feel like whatever property he landed on, he would end up using certain ideas and themes. So if he goes back and does, you know, Legion after X-Men... I wonder if anything would be repeated or if it would feel hollow because he doesn't have it. Uh, But none of that actually has to do with (laughs) Um, X-Men. In terms of Hickman, I like his, I, I think I'm, I've been up and down as I've been reading, uh, as I mentioned on a previous episode, I've been reading from his first work at Marvel all the way up through. uh, I'm currently right before infinity. I've been on a break for the last like two months, but, uh, yeah, I, I like it all a lot. He's a great writer for very long-term, uh, very clearly planned out stories. And I feel like over time, he's yeah. only gotten yeah. better at those. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when he has multiple titles and he's able to like work them into each other. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun experience. Uh, I mean, for me personally, because I've never read, uh, I've never read a Hickman book as it came out, and I've mm. especially never read one where he's writing two titles that play off of each other. So I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be really, really great. Yeah, yeah. Why cool? No, because you've read. You're like reading Avengers and New Avengers right now. Yes. And those two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just never read them. Uh, oh, at the, like, like a, as they a, came a, out. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, I think that that's. I think every yeah everything that you said is spot on. Like he's he's one of those people that has like a very meticulous plan, um, and needs to have that like very meticulous plan and needs to have all of his like weird graphics and charts and things that he draws and that tie into the story, whatever, somehow. And, and all that, um, like I, I, I can't imagine that it, he didn't have all of, all of like fantastic four Avengers and then all the way to secret to secret wars, like planned out before he even started like fantastic four, number one, or at least had like a vague idea. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely his fantastic four run. He had completely planned mm-hmm. from honestly, probably the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's yeah. His his work is so good. I I love it a lot. And um, mm-hmm. when it works, and then sometimes it doesn't really work for me. Uh, like his Secret Warriors, there I liked. I liked it more from a structural standpoint. I liked, like I think it was a good. Uh, a good story, but I didn't really enjoy reading it. You know, it was one of those for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that this is more on the fantastic four side of things. And I hope that he focuses on the characters. Uh, although I feel like with a cast this big, it's possible that he, uh, could get more caught up in the plot stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll see. I'm yeah. in for it either way. Yeah, no, I think I I definitely think that I'm I'm in this, and I like, um, because like I haven't been reading comics for like a super long time, and I would love, I would love to go back and understand why it is that people love the X Men so much, um, because because like I like them, I like them as characters, I love like X Men Evolution, the 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 cartoon, and we've talked about that some on the show, um, but like like some for somebody like Jess and for somebody like other comic people that I see on the internet, like the X-Men are just like the, like the hottest shit ever. Um, and I've never, like, I have never had that relationship with those characters. And, um, but I think that like, it's possible if this is like going to be as big as, as, as Marvel is saying it's going to be. And I think it, it probably will be because this is like this, this rumor of Hickman being on the X-Men has sort of been like an industry rumor for the last like year now. Um, like I think they even they even knew that Hickman was coming to do the X Men even before they like announced the sort of like uncanny weekly thing and did this like Age of X Man thing, um, and 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 almost and and that definitely has been sort of like this stopgap between like well shit we got to do something with the X Men because because <clears throat> we need to do that and we need money and yada 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 to like okay here's like here's the event here's the thing now let's now let's go and do the thing, um, and that's like. That is what it is, uh, but like I'm like I'm really really excited about this, and I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really really cool. And I love I love Hickman stuff. Or we, 
Yeah, uh, I I really love R.B. Silva's art, too. Um, I I don't know what it looks Mm -hmm. like nowadays, but back when the New 52 started, uh, he was on books that were, like, not great, but I would read them because of his art. Um, So I don't know if I've changed or if he's changed since then, but I hope not too much. Uh, I'd imagine that I'd still really enjoy his work. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to look up what the last thing that he um, that he did was. I know he did he did some of those Hunt for Wolverine books. Um, yeah, he did Adamantium Agenda. Yeah, and he he was one of the he was one of the uncanny uncanny artists, uncanny X Men Weekly artists. Thanks. Okay. Um, uh, so he's been doing some X Men stuff. That's cool. Um, but yeah, like I think I I think him and, Pe- and Pepe Larraz both are are two um sort of like like rising rising start is maybe the wrong word because they've been in the they like they've been in the industry since like since the new 52 or whatever but um like this is gonna this is gonna be the thing that's gonna make both of them like a list tier comic book artists i think mm-hmm. and Which yeah what you them. what you were saying about how there just hasn't really been like a major uh thing for the x-men like we've had creator runs like kieran gillen matt fraction even you could say matt rosenberg to an extent uh but we've just never yeah nothing has been like how claremont era and uh morrison and whedon those are all known as like some of the greatest comic runs of all time um and i'm not saying that every run has to be that but at least to be like memorable enough to stand out above everything else. Um, and if I think if anyone is able to do that, it's Hickman. Yeah. Yeah. Like every, yeah. Like every, every major comic book writer at Marvel for the last, for the last 10, 15 years has, has written the X-Men and tried to do that. And, and all of them, like they've, they've put out, they've put out stuff that's okay. Uh, like, like, like Jason Aaron did, some like Wolverine and Wolverine and X-Men stuff. And like, yeah, like Gillen, like Rosenberg's doing Uncanny right now. Um, like Kelly Thompson is doing the, you know, Mr. Miss X stuff. And like, that's a lot of fun. And like there, there are these and, and Bendis like did, you know, for, for five years with the mm-hmm. whole time displacing and, and either love that or you hate that. I think, I think most people, I think most people hate it, but, um, but yeah, like, like I think even like even Bendis, who is sort of the like people, like he's sort of like that, um, like a like a a list level writer sort of at this point, like like Morrison in some way, like not like not like talent, like not, maybe not like talent. You can debate whatever like talent wise or whatever, but like like notoriety wise, um, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and he like e- like even him like has not did not you know do this thing that those people like Claremont and Morrison have done so um, so yeah like I think I think Hickman I think Hickman can can absolutely do that and I'm excited to see like what it means for the whole line like if he's gonna bring like if the if it like who what other writers and artists are gonna come in after these six issue miniseries um, end or whatever and like in if he has sort of like a a five-year plan of what is going to happen with the X-Men or something. Cause I, I could absolutely see that happening. And if the X-Men are now going to be sort of like the driving force of the, of the line rather than like the Avengers stuff, or if they're going to like share it kind of. Yeah. I wait, you think it's possible that X-Men can be like 
the ones sort of shepherding the Marvel universe in the way that his Avengers was, or in the way that sort of, uh, eh, Thor isn't really doing it right now, but it's, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, no, but I I mean, I think like, like right now, sort of that book is, is like Aaron's Avengers book. And, um, and even Aaron's (laughs) Avengers book is like, um, playing with things that he played with and all of his Thor runs, uh, and like is is playing out some of those themes right now, and it's all leading to War of the Realms. And then Aaron's got other Avengers stuff that he's going to be doing after that. Um, but like the Thor stuff kind of ends. But like that's sort of like that's like the last big sort of like multiple title like plot point plot thing that's going on right now in the Marvel universe. I think um, outside of like the Age of X Men X Man stuff, but like that's sort of contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the Thor stuff has, has been going on and we'll talk more, you know, more about this second part of it, but like has been going on through like multiple relaunches, multiple events. Uh, and I think Hickman's, I think the Hickman's X-Men stuff right now, like has the potential to be sort of the, like the driving thing of the line and like where all the big events for the next few years, like sort of leech, leech out of, um, or like some of them at least. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Come July, we don't have a lot of details now about any either of these titles. Just a really pretty teaser image. Cool. Anyway, okay. Uh, moving on. So, third tier of the Marvel 2019 slate is Absolute Carnage, uh, written by Donny Cates, illustrated by Ryan Stegman, um, and and Frank Martin. Um, starts in in August. So it's going to be spinning out of the free comic book day Spider-Man issue. Um, we do have some details on this. There's some videos of, of Kate's and segment talking about it uh, that were shown at T2E2 and that are on Marvel's website. Um, basically the event can be summed up in that carnage is back and he's hunting down and trying to kill every person in the Marvel universe who's ever worn a symbiote, which is basically everyone because everyone's done that now. Um, we don't know how many issues this is going to be or what the tie-ins will be. Stegman's moving from, cause him and Kate's have been doing the main main venom book to be doing this book. So, um, so that book is, is about to start a, a war of the realms tie-in, which Colin Bunn and, and even Iban Koala, 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 I think Koala are, um, are doing for the next few issues. And then Kate's is coming back with a new artist for venom, which will definitely be one of the tie-ins for this book. Um, but yeah, Nick, thoughts on Absolute Carnage, on Carnage in general, on Kate's being on a big event. Uh, first question for you. Have you been keeping up with uh, Venom since we read it for the podcast? I have not. I think that I'm a few issues behind still. Okay. Yeah, I haven't read it since we read uh, the first seven for the podcast. But um <clears throat> Yeah, my my feelings haven't really changed. I like Donny Cates' writing on a technical level. Uh, I think Ryan Stegman, same thing. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, the title just wasn't really connecting for me personally. Um, And I feel like this is just an extension of that. Uh, I do think it's really cool that like this is a book that's getting, (laughs) you know, like it's having a major event built around it. That's really cool. And it feels really organic. Um, (laughs) no pun intended. Um, (laughs) yeah, but it, it, it does. It's, it reminds me of not, 
No, I'm just going to say it. It sort of reminds me of uh, Jeff Johns' Green Lantern, how it turned into Blackest Night. Um, oh, it, yeah. Yeah, it feels like a very natural way to expand the story that he's telling there um, and bring in the rest of the universe. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like it. I like that. Uh, probably not going to read it, but yeah, glad it <laughs> exists. I don't think there's any uh, bad decisions being made there. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Um, and it's kind of exciting too, but yeah, because Venom has been one of those books uh, that's sort of like consistently been in the like top 10 or top 20, uh, you know, like like uh, numbers wise every month, like on the diamond charts or whatever. So so obviously people people really like Kate's and, and Stegman doing Venom stuff. Um, and I think like, and it is exciting too, because I remember when we talked about the book, it was... Uh, it was like, oh, this is what, like what a Venom book could be if it wasn't just uh, like like Eddie Eddie symbiote love stuff. Um, if it was like actual sort of like trying to be in the midst of the Marvel universe, trying to be tied in, trying to be like expansive, um, and and all of that. Uh, and it probably has some more of the realms connections too, because I know that Venom's going to be kind of playing a big role in, in that event, or at least like that's been teased in some of the solicits. Um, I really need to stop reading solicits. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I try not to, and I don't for the most part, but I did see he was on the cover of number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, something about, because we read those issues of Venom and there was like uh the like a tie-in to because like the venom stuff tied into the asgard stuff somehow I, I can't remember what it is right now i think it was i think it was that the like symbiote god thing well i know this this is from part of the, oh, the, the yeah. symbiote god thing um i know at least from one of the thor issues of the recent like he forged the like the necro sword which is the sword that that gore the god butcher uses and like the fir- very first arc of of jason aaron's thor stuff like way back in 2013 mm-hmm. um so i'm pretty like that sure thing. that happened in venom yeah also yeah. like they showed it in venom yeah mm-hmm. so um, and then so we'll cool. also it's it's funny because back when we talked about venom you um you you said that you felt like that was going to become like one of the big books and that uh, like Kate's really felt like he had a plan, a long-term plan and that like something really big was going to happen out of it. And yeah. uh, so maybe this is, you know, just phase one, maybe this is the Sinestro core war. And then there's going to be an even bigger, like blackest night coming mm-hmm. later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And that it doesn't even have to do with the maker, although maybe it could. I don't know. We haven't been keeping <laughs> up with it. <laughs> I think he's, I think the maker's still in it. I think the maker's still around. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Cause he's sort of like teased. Kate's is sort of teased on Twitter that he's got like 50 issues in mind for this book. Um, so this is this. Yeah. I think that's an apt comparison. Like this, is, this is the Sinestro core. War, and then the next big thing is still, it's still going like, this is not the finale of, of his Venom run. This is like the, uh, the the first the first big 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 point or whatever and there might be two or three more big points coming which is kind of exciting yeah um and weird that he's he's like shepherding that part and he's like a like now basically shepherding all the like marvel cosmic stuff which makes you think a lot of that's going to take a back seat for the next few years but um it's still sort of like it's still interesting that he's like shepherding these sort of like two big parts of the marvel universe at the moment 
Agreed. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, there's a fourth part of the slate that they teased for December 2019. So, And they kind of said it's like a big event that sort of ties up sort of the, some of the loose ends that'll be from War of the Realms and some of Hickman stuff and I think maybe some of the Carnage things. So it seems like this might, it might be like the, the biggest of line-wide things, although I don't know. Do you have any any thoughts on what we might be getting in December? From what? From Marvel. Oh, they they just said there's <laughs> going to be a thing. Yeah, they just said that they they put a big question mark. So like they had the slate on the PowerPoint screen thing, um, and and it was War of the Realms, Hickman's House of X, Power of Ten, Absolute Carnage, and then there was a, a question mark, and then it's a December 2019, and they said it was going to be a big sort of thing. Okay, uh, do we know what movies are coming out? I feel like all. I feel like everything is covered, like in terms of like all their major properties. So like the X stuff, there's something. The Avengers, I'd say, War of the Realms is sort of that thing. Uh, yeah. Spider Man, you've got the Venom uh, yeah. stuff. Well, uh, well, Joker comes out in like November, so maybe <laughs> they're doing a Joker event. And it could be. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I just think it's cool. I just think it's cool. Like it does. I feel I like this. I like this sort of organized streamline thing for Marvel. Um, all their shit's really expensive, and I don't love that part about it. But I, I am excited that there is a plan. Although by the time by the time I make jokes about there being like thirty tie-ins for all these events, I might not feel that way anymore. So we'll see. Um. Okay, so kind of we'll do these quickly. Uh, other things announced at C two E two, and then other the and then at Emerald City Comic Con, there wasn't really any, any WonderCon news, which happened last weekend. So there's going to be a Valkyrie book uh, that Jason Aaron and Al Ewing are co-writing, which is going to spin out of War of the Realms, and they sort of they only teased they only showed the logo for Valkyrie, like the the title logo, C two E two. And it's supposed to be the the next phase of Aaron's Thor things, although it seems more like a baton passing thing, um, because his he said his Thor stuff, the Thor saga that he's been telling for the last six years ends with War of the Realms. Um, the Valkyrie title design that that was teased looks a lot like the current Thor title, um, like the title logo. So I'm wondering maybe if Valkyrie takes over for Thor, like maybe Thor dies or Thor goes and does other things at the end of this event. And then I'm also wondering if Ewing will be the new Thor. Uh, Thor writer person, shepherder person for the for the coming future. But we know this starts in July. We'll have details in Nick as they come. So Nick, quick thoughts, Valkyrie ideas, Al Ewing, Jason Aaron, yada yada. Uh, is this the same Valkyrie that was in Thor Ragnarok? E- or is it no. like a different? Okay, it's, it was not the one that was in Exiles. Not the one that was in Exiles. Different, different okay. Valkyrie. Same concept though, I think. Okay, sort of. Um, I think yeah, there's a Valkyrie I, I, right now in in the As Guardians of the Galaxy book, which I okay. Also, yeah, no, no thoughts. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. I do have a thought, I guess. I wasn't expecting Jason Aaron to continue after War of the Realms. I don't know. See, like I was confused as to whether or not it was this was a him continuing or this was like a him co-writing this book for a little for like a period that is going to be like Al Ewing's book going forward. But it's like uh... a. That that That's would make kinda... sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be fine, and I think Al Ewing would be a great choice for the next phase of Thor things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because he like I'm thinking about all the like the ultimates book that he did. He's like good with all the space and or in like mythos of the Marvel Universe stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Al Ewing, so next thing we're getting some more Infinity Warps. Uh, we're telling they're telling a six issue story over these Infinity Warps annuals in the month of July that Al Ewing is going to be writing. Um, do you have any thoughts? Although I'm imagining catchphrases here. Yeah, I I was going to... I'm not going to use any catchphrases this time just because Jess isn't here and I feel like then, you know, then it's down to you to pick up the slack instead of both of you. But yeah, I, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think that I have enough pop culture knowledge to know what catch... I don't... I probably don't. I don't know things. What? Um, no, no. I just meant like, I don't want to leave it to you, the responsibility. Oh, I, I said high. that like a like a true New York Italian. I don't want to leave it to you, the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> the responsibility. Anyway, okay. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, so we're also getting uh, in July uh, a, a six-issue history of the Marvel Universe uh, book written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Javier Rodriguez. It's supposed to tell the entire history of the Marvel Universe. It's another one of those. 80th anniversary bookie things. I don't really care about Mark Wade, but the the pages of this book that have been released from Rodriguez just look amazing. Um, so I'm wondering if you have thoughts about about all that too. Yeah, I like Mark Wade, but Javier Rodriguez is so good. <laughs> he's yeah. yeah, his his Exiles is he's the reason I read Exiles. So mm-hmm. and yeah. you finished it too, didn't you? Mm, I I bought the trade in the oh. last sale that they had but i that was like a week ago so i haven't read it yet but i plan to okay well see that's that's more than other things because sometimes you don't even plan to most things (laughs) most things even yeah 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 javier rodriguez is is god to your art and i'm excited about this book if only for that um okay last c2e2 piece uh we're getting a death's head ongoing book written by teeny howard illustrated by uh kizama uh, and then covers by Nick Roche. Uh, also, they announced the C2E2 at the Woman of Marvel panel that Howard is now a Marvel exclusive writer. Yay! Uh, the book will start Death's Head, uh, Hulkling, Hulkling, and Wiccan. So, Young Avengers E Peoples. Um, it's going to. Teeny, Teeny Howard kind of pitched it as the, the question is the what do you do when you think you're obsolete? Um, so, thoughts about, about this, Nick? I wish that you could see my face right now because I didn't know that this was about Hulkling and Wiccan. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I love them. Uh, yeah, they're great. And now I'm excited. When I first saw it, I was like, Death Set, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I read all of Young Avengers, like every miniseries or whatever, um, last year. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of it I didn't love uh, just because it, you know, went around to so many different writers. Um but yeah, no, I'm totally down for a story with them. Um, and Teeny Howard, like, I don't think I've any- read anything by her that I've loved, but I think she's capable of doing something great. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely gonna check it out. At least the first issue. We read that that annual, that Captain America annual that she wrote that you really liked. Yeah, yeah, I I liked it. Um, I had I don't know if you remember I had like some reservations about it. And some, like, I remember specifically about, like, it was it was historically 
based, but it felt like it was written with such a modern perspective that it felt oh, like, that's right. yeah. yeah, there was like a weird disconnect for me. But anyway, yeah, I, I feel like she has it in her to write something great. So yeah, I'm excited for her Thanos miniseries that's coming. Like I think that she's going to be really, really good there. Um, Cause I really liked Euthanauts. I don't know if you read Euthanauts. No. Okay. You should read what her, it was her black crown, her IDW black crown book that she did. Uh, mm-hmm. with with i think nick roche no that might be wrong i'll look the, anyway it was good it was good it was good it was on like our multiversity best year in stuff and some of those categories it was a good book okay. um yeah and the the valiant book that she's doing right now the forgotten queen that's a couple issues in it's pretty good too uh cool. but but you're right some of her Mar- her marvel stuff is I guess because it's just been that annual and uh, the oh the Marvel Knights thing that that one issue of that and then the Belit stuff which we talked about last episode which we all didn't love but you liked I it think, I liked it, I liked it. <laughs> don't mind I you liked it I liked it I didn't love it I liked it I liked it. Uh, okay. uh, yeah I think you're right like I think that she um, I think that she's only gonna get better from here on out and that's exciting. Um, and Hulkling and Wiccan. Like, that's that's also fun. Um, Wait, did you know what Death's Head was before this? Or do you do you know what Death's Head is? Uh, oh, uh, kind of. It's It was a, a character that's sort of like a, um, like a, like a bounty hunter kind of, um, kind of character. Uh, so like a robot bounty hunter thing. Yeah, um, it, it was originally from the Marvel UK Transformers. Okay, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's like appeared like a couple in a couple other places. I think it was. Yeah. I think it appeared in like Infinity Wars for some reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> it was probably um, really popular, and then yeah, it looks like they brought it into the main universe. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So like that's exciting, and I think you know if you're like a weird punk rock uh, uh, radio robot thing. And you're in this world that's changed a lot since whenever the eighties, like it is kind of cool. It, it like, it is like, it sounds like it's a perfect character to explore that question of like, what does it mean to like, what does it mean to be obsolete or feel obsolete or feel out of date? Um, like the, uh, so yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm super excited. Because that's, yeah, that's the perfect concept for something like this. It's like, uh, it's sort of like uh, Morrison Animal Man, that sort of, or like, I guess what they did before that with like the Forgotten Heroes. And that sort of thing has been done a few times throughout like different comics. But yeah, yeah, that's it's always a fun concept for for comics to deal with because companies will always hold on to their IPs, even if they're not doing anything with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, two more things. So uh, this is from this is from a few weeks ago. So this is a little bit older. Uh, at Emerald City Con- Comic Con, uh, Marvel announced a Silver Surfer Black five issue miniseries from Donny Cates and Trad Moore. It's been solicited already. The first issue is out in June, so it's spinning out of the first issue of Guardians of the Galaxy, which we talked about. Because um, all the like heroes on that ship when they were at Thanos's like funeral thing got sucked into that worm that wormhole black hole thing, so this is about Silver Surfer and some of those people trying to escape. Uh, so 
thoughts on Silver Surfer? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't have thoughts. Yeah. Okay. I like Trad more. I'm excited that Trad more has a book. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh. And then lastly, uh, James Gunn is going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy three after all. <laughs> okay. Hey, that probably tells you all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I, I watched. Did I tell you when I watched Guardians two? I hated that movie. I couldn't stand it's, it. It's not a great movie. Really, I feel like people love it. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I watched. I've only seen it once. Oh, I saw it. Oh, I saw it the day that I graduated from college. I saw it that <laughs> night. Okay. Um. Uh. I think I was like kind of drunk too when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, it was okay. It was okay. It's like not worth seeing again. I got like halfway through it. I was watching it at home and I just, I really, I couldn't stand it. In the very beginning, I thought it was like, I, I was laughing at like, what was it? Baby Groot dancing to Mr. Blue Sky, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as it went on, God. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, got, I'm not going to see it this. Got, <laughs> it got really annoying. Like it got to the, um, uh-huh. like, like it just was like trying to repeat all the things from the first one. Yeah, uh, which I liked the first one. I remember liking the first one. Same. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the trolls didn't win, and I guess maybe neither did Disney. But who knows? Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Any other news thoughts before we take a break? Nope. Cool. All right. Well, folks, we'll be back after the break with War of the Realms number one. So we'll see you. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we're back for the second part of our special first week in April. Uh, That seems weird to say. For this uh, special episode thingamawopper thing we're going to be reviewing the first issue of war of the realms written by jason aaron illustrated by young gun russell dodderman uh and colored by matt wilson this is the end of jason aaron's thor saga and the first i guess of marvel's big slate things for 2019 as we talked about uh in the first part of the episode um jason aaron's thor stuff has been go span has spanned multiple titles, multiple events, uh, multiple books, multiple artists over the course of six years. Um, so it's pretty cool that we're getting to the end of it right now. Um, sort of the last big hangover from uh, before Secret Wars and all that other stuff. Um, Nick, how much of of Aaron's Thor stuff, or what do you know about Aaron's Thor stuff, or what are sort of your your thoughts on it so far? if any uh so i've read exactly zero of it and uh <laughs> all right i but it's it's been like one of those like big runs that i've always wanted to read 
Um, so, you know, one of these days when I finish Hickman Avengers, then I don't know. Um, but at some point I'm going to read it all the way through. And I really like when big runs have like these sort of phases, um, because yeah, it just makes it a lot more interesting in the long run, uh, especially when you're like reading it all in a row. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's the only real thoughts that I have. Oh, I also, I had friends who like weren't really big comic readers, but like every now and then they'd read a comic, but, uh, they, who went like crazy for Jane Foster Thor. So, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all that I really, uh, have emotionally invested in it. Kevin, I know that you've read, have you read all of it? I know that you love the Jane stuff. So I read, I've read most, I've read most of it. Um, so I've read most of Thor God of Thunder. Uh, Cause I went back and read some of that after I started reading the Jane stuff. Um, but some of the like first uh, like single issue stuff that I bought that was Marvel stuff was the Jane, the Jane Thor stuff. Um, uh, like I, when I got into like comics, like reading like single issues, when I stopped just reading trade stuff, cause I read, like all the sort of like some of the DC and Marvel classics and trade when I started reading trade stuff, I guess that was, um, I guess that would have been like, 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 like five years ago or so. Uh, and then I like the first like Marvel single issues that I bought, like was like the secret war stuff. Cause I knew that was like the big thing that was going to be happening. Um, but I didn't want to read any of that because I felt like I wouldn't know what was going on yet. So I didn't, I like bought all those single issues and like some of the times and I didn't read them for like a year because I wanted to go back and read the Hickman Avengers stuff so that I knew what was happening before I read Secret Wars because all this stuff on the internet told me that I needed to do that. Um, sometimes, the internet, <laughs> sometimes the internet's not right, but- um, <laughs> When it but comes I to read, reading orders, often. They yeah, are not yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but I started reading the like the everything that, that came after um, before I read Secret Wars. So I was like reading some of the all new, all different Marvel stuff before I read Secret Wars. Um, and, and the, and the Jane, the Jane Thor was part of that. Like I bought the first issue of the mighty Thor and then, and in the same fashion was like, well, shit, I need to read the other issues of the Jane Thor stuff before I read this, this issue of like the relaunched mighty Thor thing in the all new, all different period. Uh, and I looked and it was only eight issues and, and almost all of it was on Marvel unlimited. So I did that. Uh, and I loved it. I loved it. I read it on Marvel Unlimited, and then I bought the the eight issues on uh, on eBay. Um, and then I read. I've read all of all of the things uh, since then, and just have loved it. I met. I I met Jason Aaron. Well, not met is met is the wrong word. I talked to Jason Aaron briefly um, at CG two last year, and it was right as uh, the death of death of Thor, death of the mighty Thor stuff was coming out. So the um, the last arc of the the book that was called the mighty Thor, the last thing that Dotterman did before he started drawing war of the realms. Um, and that whole arc was just like beautiful. And, and I remember I probably said, I've probably said this on the show, but like I, I, I took, it was like issue like seven Oh four. Uh, um, and it was like the one that uh, Jane's like deciding whether or not she's going to pick up Mjolnir, Mjolnir again to go like fight Mangog. Um, Cause like she has cancer and she knows that like, she's like definitely going to die if she picks up Mjolnir again. And it's like this whole sort of like her, um, it's like journey with like gods, like throughout her whole life, like with her parents and then like with Thor and then like now realizing she needs like, 
like she has this like realization that she's like a god that's like worthy enough to believe or she's like a person worthy enough to believe in like she needs to like believe in herself like, and because she like believes in like like asgard and asgardia and all like the good that they do like she needs to go and like fight for it it's just, like really beautiful i was in tears which is pretty on brand for me um that was the part of the story i was getting to i don't know why that took so long to explain but i cried reading that issue and i and i took it to jason Aaron. i was like i cried reading this issue i would love it if you signed it for me and he was like, oh, which part? And I showed him. It was like the first part where she's like talking to her mom. And then again at the end. And he was like, oh, he's like, oh, I cried. Uh, it was, and it was like the end. He's like, I cried writing the next issue. And we had like a moment. We were talking about crying together. Because um, <laughs> real, real men cry. Real that's, tattooed men cry. That's uh, such a you thing. It was. It was. Uh, I will never that's forget. Great. Um, but Yeah so this so this but like this kind of feels sort of like the the first like big marvel run thing that that i've like been invested in i guess um and uh and i'm excited for it for it ending and excited to see what happens um because it it has been so long and i've read most of it and it's it's just been really good like all the themes and all the ideas that that aaron has been has been tackling like these ideas of of godhood and worthiness and um and he's like been telling this this story that's like been set in the past in like this era of like like vikings and sort of like thor's like younger self and like all this stuff in the present and then all this stuff in the future that ties in all this cosmic marvel stuff um but it's been really really cool i've i've really really enjoyed it uh, have you had you read any other thor before that or since then um no not really no okay Cool. Yeah, I, I was surprised going into uh, this issue. I mean, number one, it's very accessible in the first place, which I guess yeah. we'll talk about. Um, but all I've read, I read the whole uh, JMS Thor, and then the stuff that happened right after it, uh, leading up to Siege. And then I read Siege okay. as part of my big adventures read. So um, yeah, I had a lot of a lot of background on on this, but none of it was Jason Aaron Thor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the thing that Aaron's done, I guess, like in reading other things compared to um, what other people have done with Thor, really since like 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 Walt Simonson, is that Aaron really like took it all back to sort of like playing in all the realms and like playing with the like the like actual like Norse mythology stuff. Like I don't know if that's if that's true to your experience because like the JMS stuff is like when Asgard's in Oklahoma or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, it it didn't. Thing. Yeah, and then even uh, the stuff leading up to Siege. Well, Siege was when, like, it stopped being in Oklahoma. And then, like, bef- even before that, all the Asgardians were, like, they went to Latveria for some reason. And, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it none of it good actually times, had to do with... Good times. Yeah. No, I think I think they went to, uh, I don't know the name of it, but the one that Loki's from, the one that Lafay is from. Jotunheim? Yes. Yo- yeah. yeah. I think that factored into it. But anyway. Different, different than a fake Eastern European country in the Marvel Universe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you read any? Because Fraction wrote Thor after that, right? Matt yeah. Fraction did. Yeah, and that was when uh, Gillen was doing Journey into Mystery. I read yeah. a, a tiny, tiny bit of Fraction Thor, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I think I read a few pages, <laughs> and I was like, no, no thanks. Okay. Uh, but then I do want to read Journey into Mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. That's on my. That's on my. Will will read one day list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do you? So you? So you said. Well, so we'll start there. So you said this issue was really accessible. So you didn't feel like you needed all the, 
like six years of other things before reading this? No, uh, not at all. Uh, and like part of it was because I already knew about the realms, but also in the first two pages, it tells you everything that you need to know, which is they exist, but they've been taken over. And that's yep. all you need to know. Um, the rest of the issue is about the invasion coming to Earth and or uh, Midgard. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's it. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to just New York, because that is the only place that exists in the Marvel <laughs> yes. Universe, basically. That's uh, all you need. The only American thing. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you can just take New York, you got it, you're done. Um, yeah, yeah, that is, that was one of the, one of the things, like reading this, um, I was really, I was really sort of surprised that, because I like caught up on the last few issues of, of Thor, um, like the main Thor title that Aaron's writing right now, uh, um, that was sort of like the the prelude into this, uh, and um, like read that, and then was like thinking about all the stuff that's come before, like even like thinking like the first time that like the War of the Realms is is mentioned as like a concept is the last issue of Thor God of Thunder, um, it's like issue twenty five, and that was back uh, that was back in like twenty fourteen, and you like you really don't need any of this uh any of that like you don't need you don't need that you don't need any of the like thor's journey to like being unworthy and like losing the hammer and like jane coming into power although like jane's here and i'm sure that she's gonna have a role going forward um you just kind of need to know that that like there's an invasion and it's bad and like you do like there are like all those things are present like jane you know um being here like that's that's real and then like the bifrost uh being broken um and destroyed because that happens in the the death of the death of the mighty thor story um the the mangog destroys the the bifrost um and malekith has like this other bifrost that he's been using so that like that all happens um and like that's all here but you don't need to know any of that necessarily to know that like they just kind of tell you like oh yeah like it's destroyed i can't get around anywhere but this other the evil people can mm-hmm. uh so this is uh it's uh it, it felt to me like the beginning of an ending because it is one um like you know all the i think it's difficult for endings to be unique because it's all about how you get there and the emotional investment that you have in the character's and story by that point i feel like most endings follow very very similar structure and they can be really awesome but only if the stuff preceding it made you care enough about it to see how it resolves and those resolutions if they're gonna like be impactful it's probably not gonna be very unique and that's how i felt about this issue um so I'll I'll go into a little more detail about that, but do you agree with that statement? Or I mean, you you have the experience of having read the stuff leading up to it. So how did it feel to you? Yeah, I think I think that that's like that's pretty like that's pretty accurate. Like the, the this sort of feels like uh, like the beginning of the third act fight scene in every like Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Um, like a bunch of people are about to get hit bunch of quips are about to be thrown around um there's going to be big explosions and cgi nuts nutsoness stuff 
Um, and that's what this feels like. And like, you're right. Like I have sort of like the emotional investment in this story um, from like having read all that other stuff, but like this, this issue doesn't feel sort of like an emote, like, like, like there are people that die um, and like important people to the story that die, but it, it sort of just is like, here's a bunch of like really pretty fighting art. And here we go to begin this story. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that was the first thing that stuck out to me, but really what what stuck out like despite that despite me not having the like full emotional connection to what was going on uh all of the creators are very clearly at the top of their game like i think this is the type of superhero comic yeah. issue that any anybody who enjoys a superhero comic would be able to appreciate just because mm. Aaron is such a great writer and Dodderman is such a great artist and Wilson is such a great color artist. Um, so on, on that level, I was able to really appreciate it. And like, I can't call it anything but a very good issue. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And like they both have, they or not, but they all three have been working together and have done um, like almost like, like, like done over like 30 issues of this book already together um and like that's like that's really 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 exciting like that they've clearly like you're right like they are at the top of their game like aaron's aaron's writing like excuse me aaron's writing like spider-man being quippy and like like captain america doing stuff and like and like iron man being just like a like a like a womanizing sort of like assholey person but like all like he had like has the characterization for all these characters down and i think part of that too is because he's been doing um like avengers writing avengers for the last year too and like the first arc of that was kind of clunky, but now that he's like gotten into a rhythm with, with that book too. And like with the wider Marvel universe outside of just like the mythos of all the Thor stuff, he's like ready to bring them all together. And it, and it feels very seamless and it feels just like a, like a, yeah, you're right. Like a great opening issue. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I feel, you know, the way that I said, uh, I think if I were reading this after having read everything leading up to it, um, it would be like, yeah, like this is this is what I've been waiting for. This is like where everything, you know, concludes where it's all gonna come to a head. Um, and just just coming into it blind, it's like watching the finale of a TV show blind. Mm. Uh, like you can, you can enjoy it, but you don't fully feel it. So I wonder how many people are coming to this issue not having read a lot of it and they're only reading it because it's, you know, the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is a really good question. Um, and, and I would imagine that those people, like those people absolutely exist and are, and, and are doing this. Like they might be the people that have been reading um, like Avengers and haven't read some of Aaron's other Thor stuff. And so they're coming this because it's coming to this because Avengers is about to tie into it. Or they're coming to this, yeah, because it's just the big, big Marvel event, and mm-hmm. they read big Marvel events because people do that. And most titles are tying into it. Like I'd yeah. say, probably more than half the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in, I mean, like why we've we've made the show. Like you would have to spend like one hundred and twenty five dollars in May and June to buy all the tie ins for, and and the actual issues of this book. Uh, Per month, it's a lot of dollars per month. <laughs> That's a lot of dollars, uh, and uh, and a lot of the books are tying in 
Um, but there's also like a lot of sort of like mini series things on the side because Marvel's good about doing that too. Um, so less, less, less main. Well, no, actually all the main books are tying in like Avengers is tying in Thor's tying in Iron Man's tying in um, Captain Marvel's tying in in June. Cap's not tying in. They're kind of letting, they're letting Ta-Nehisi Coates do his own thing. Um, and Black Panther's not tying in, but all, but both of those characters are, are doing prominent stuff in Avengers right now. Um, and then like the characters that like the books that aren't tying in, like have separate, like tie in miniseries things. And also, even if the characters aren't tying in in their own book, a lot of the characters are appearing in the book, like in actual War of the Realms. Yeah. 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 Like Amazing Spider-Man's not tying in, but like Spider-Man is like front and center in this, in this issue mm-hmm. and is getting a miniseries. Yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Uh, so how do I don't I I don't know like really I don't have much to comment on on the writing other than what I said, and then mm-hmm. like the art is just so good I'm almost at a loss for words. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. What more can be said about Daughterman and Wilson? Yeah, that's kind of like and like that's the thing about this too is as uh like Daughterman went straight from doing the last issue of the mighty four, which came out. Um, that would have come out in April. It would have come out literally a year ago. Uh, April, 2018. He spent like a year drawing this book. Um, and he's almost done. He's almost done with, with issue six, I think, which is the last issue. Um, he's sp- like spent literally a year drawing this book and it's going to come out in like, in like, it's going to come out like twice monthly for three months, which just seems nuts. But, but yeah, like this is, this is clearly a person who like, this is if like, if daughter, like if Dotterman never draws another superhero comic after this, he like almost doesn't have to. Yeah. And I just can't get over how great Matt Wilson is. I wrote, um, I wrote our blurb uh, when we did, the year-end like multiversity 2018 best of lists um Mm -hmm. and for colorist uh matt wilson i think he was number one but he was either one or two and i i wrote his blurb and i like even then i was like man what can i even say (laughs) like i this doesn't even have to do with war of the realms but i opened up like issue 26 of paper girls the other day and i just like i just stopped and i breathed and i was like are you kidding me? Like <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, like as yeah. I was flipping through the pages, there was one I'm not going to talk about it because it's a different book, but in, in war of the realms, he employs the same sorts of techniques, but in a way that feels very Thor. And that always just really impresses me how he's able to like use his techniques on such different art styles. Um, Dodderman is so detailed and uh it's like it's it's detailed but not in like a frilly baroque way and not really in it's, like a james stoko way it's something in between it's yeah it's like it's detailed but it's not in it's not detailed in the like there's like f tons of cross stitching and whatever else mm-hmm. everywhere it's like detailed in the like that there's just like so much happening on the page and that like he's able to like have a lot of things in the foreground and like have all the like the shadowy things in the background 
um, which is just like yeah. And he just, he adds, I think, a lot of textures in his mm-hmm. in his like art, but it's never like just cross hatching or just like one style. He uses different styles to achieve like different levels of density in the image. And then Matt Wilson comes in and he's able to layer textures in like under those that work with it mm-hmm. somehow. <laughs> and is I don't I don't understand how he does it. He's just so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a moment like I was reading this and then there was like the in the middle of the um of the the book there was like the ad for savage avengers um it was like like two pages and <laughs> david finch's cover and i just like got so mad that that it was like in the middle of this because it it just like is like the exact opposite of what sort of like dotterman is doing and i just <laughs> love like dotterman's like dotterman style and all of it and i think i think we talked about this when we talked we've talked about dotterman some on this podcast but like and i don't know if this is true or not, but like his like artistic style is um it seems like a lot more like I like I I feel like people like like the like the Rob Liefelds, Jim Lees, David Finches, Jason Faybox, um, uh, like that crew of Greg Capullo, those that crew of people like their their art to me like codes like very masculine and like Dotterman's art codes like very feminine to me, mm-hmm. um, and not in like a not in like a not even ever in like a bad way like not that's not like a that's not at all like a dig like i think it's like it's beautiful in that it's like a it's just like very sleek and a lot more like polished and less <laughs> less just like grungy and and angry or whatever like there's like yeah. all these battles going on in this book but they just feel so like so scripted and so planned and so just like majestic it's like it's like watching like like a ballet rather than like watching like a monster truck rally yes Yes, and it, it reminds me specifically of Nicola Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, his their character designs are very similar in that they sort of accentuate the roundness of bodies, uh, even in more like, not in a way that like a more cartoonish artist would, but in a realistic way. Like if a person looks angular, if you look really closely, it's actually like those angles are generally made of more round features. Uh, yeah. And then like the school of artists that you mentioned that are more masculine, they tend to make everything a lot more like liney, uh, mm-hmm. both in terms of like the outlines and the like details. Whereas yeah, yeah Dotterman is more about like the roundness making it up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I just think about like, like, like the way that like Dotterman draws faces. Like I, I get so caught up in the, and like the, the cheekbones and like the jaw lines of all the like faces. Um mm-hmm. Cause they like look more realistic rather than just sort of like generic face yeah. of a person sort of like, I think, I think like every artist sort of like draws, most people like draw faces sort of the same. Like I can look at a David Finch piece, piece of art and like all the faces look like vaguely similar. Like I can look at like a Jim Lee thing and they all look vaguely similar. And this might be true for like most art and like, and like I can look at Dotterman and like the way that he draws like the faces of characters, and I know that like Dotterman drew them, but like the faces look different, and they look sort of more um, like what like what faces look like with like all the like different sort of like like features and like different things that like happen in the detail of somebody's face. Um, like Loki, like Loki has like a very sort of like like strict sort of like jaw chin thing going on, and then like like Captain America's is very like broad and looks very like manly or whatever. Um, 
like Thor's looks like that too. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just one. It's just great. I just love it. I just love it so much. But then, uh, sort of ironically, a little he uses uh, those techniques of the like, say, early image people uh, in his panel layouts. Um, the, oh yeah, yeah. The panel layouts are very, uh, very angular, and uh, a lot of them. Like he draws just weird shapes, usually just like all sorts of, (laughs) this is so technical, all sorts of parallelograms. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, just layers them in on top of each other to achieve a certain feeling. And it's, it's great. And then within it, you have this. So you, you have that that's framing the action very clearly and concisely while also giving it a bit of a character, but then within it, like each each panel, like the way that he draws, as we were saying, is very detailed and uh, much more focused on the roundness. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I like I love I love his I love his panel layouts too because it lets it, it lets like the full page spreads um, be just like 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 so much like there's stuff happening in them and then you can have these like weird angular panels that like they because they're so angled and weird they like read almost like interruptions rather than sort of like hear all these things happening all this like you can have all this like huge huge sort of like block of all this stuff and then you have like this interruption like this is happening here and this is happening here. it's just it's just really it's just really cool i just oh i love russell dodderman i wish he could draw every book mm-hmm. um yeah yeah uh and matt wilson is is just is a great colorist yeah uh yeah i think about like this is for, like when you were talking about paper girls the thing that i thought of is uh like chris anka his last issue of runaways was was issue 18 and matt wilson was coloring him on there and you could tell it was like a matt wilson colored book and then issue 19 uh came out like a month ago or so and um and andre uh andre uh Genelette, is the artist on there and Triana Farrell is coloring him now. And I like Triana, like I like Triana Farrell a lot. Like I like other, um, other books that she's on and like other, other people that she colors. Uh, but I like picked up the issue and read it. Um, and, and I liked it. Like I enjoyed it. Cause I like that. I like that, that, that series a lot, but I was just like, man, eh, this is not, this is not a, like, not exactly the same. And it made me a little bit sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt Wilson, he's able to make anything better. somehow yeah 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 um so yeah any other any other war of the realms thoughts overall uh this isn't really overall but when i saw loki die um (laughs) i I, before that i was like oh people are dying okay like (laughs) they're gods they're gonna come back and then i saw loki die and i was like okay like sure yeah okay sure yeah i i like watch that and because like the like frost giant people have like the like tusks coming out of their nose <laughs> i thought that like parts of his body were coming out of his nose Ooh. as he like ate him which was kind of gross and then i like looked at this and i was like oh this is this is like just attack on titan <laughs> with frost giant. gross um which i like that man, look at so. the, on that panel look at the fingernails on Luffy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so gross, but it's it's so good. <laughs> it, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I, I like literally saw it the first time and like had to like be like, I had to like, du- like, like double take and like, is that like Loki's arms like coming out of his nose? Because that's like fucked He's up. He's trying man. to escape. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he just like he just got eaten. Like he just got eaten in half, and and that's it. That's it. And then they like don't even mourn him. Like Ghost Ghost Rider's like, oh, I'm just gonna throw up. Like his mom's like, no, and everybody else is just like, we gotta keep fighting. <laughs> don't puke. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I think is how you're supposed to feel about it. Like I, I absolutely think that he's probably gonna come back in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is like Odin's got to die alone because it's got to be like Game of Thronesy, and then, uh, and then like Loki's got to sort of die, but he's probably gonna come back because he's just been in all the events lately all the books mm-hmm. so he did die in infinity war supposedly but like so did half the marvel universe so no, forget i said that <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 everybody died um but like he was in he was in infinity wars <coughs> which i finally finished recently which is a garbage event and he was in he's like in that that infinity watch book that's going on right now and he He's in like the Avengers. He was been in the Avengers stuff and all this. He's just like kind of been everywhere. So I don't think that he's really dead. He's just like been bitten in half. And <laughs> class, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His like upper half is gonna be doing things in 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 the in Laufey's stomach, and his feet are gonna be like still kicking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll combine sometime. And this Later. like isn't even a joke. No, no, I will get like a full page of him like looking down and be like, "My legs are back!" Yay! <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. So, yeah. cool, cool. Um, uh, yeah. I... Oh no, yeah. I-, I was just gonna say my my final thought. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, I'm not gonna continue reading it until I have read the rest of Aaron's Thor. Uh, it hasn't made me want to read it anymore but i already wanted to read it a lot so mm-hmm. it, it hasn't deterred me from reading it that's fair that's fair i'm 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 gonna try to follow this as it's as it's going more um but uh i was i was like uh, so final thoughts like it's gorgeous and it's a great first issue i was i was sort of surprised how um considering how emotional a lot of a lot of this sort of like uh saga has been i was surprised like this was just like full action actually i wasn't i, I don't surprise me the wrong word um i was just like it was it's it's different than what parts of this has been but i think that like once we get into the meat of the story all the like emotional beats will will happen we just had to get we had to justify that six dollar cover price with lots and lots of 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 battle and fantasy things and all of the emotion is coming because because it better because i need some of that i need i need to know i need to know the answers to all the questions of of who is worthy and what does it mean to be a god and yada 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 i need some finality that's it all right anyway Alrighty. Well, folks, that is this uh, special episode of Make Mine Multiversity. Uh, Nick, thanks for being here. Where can folks find you on the larger interwebs? I am on Twitter at npalmerywrites. Nice. Nice. 
Uh, and I'm on Twitter at KBGregory13. You can find both of us at multiversitycomics.com, where you can also check out this podcast, other podcasts, and a ton of other stuff. We'll be back later this month with our regular April 2019 episode, and Jess will be back with us. Uh, and then following a quick commercial break here, you can listen to my interview with Jeremy Whitley from C2E2 before Unstoppable Wask comes out next week. Folks, we will see you folks. Bye-bye. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad to end Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f***? and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us hey folks kevin here live uh live for me not for you on the last day of c2e2 i'm here with unstoppable wasp writer jeremy whitley uh jeremy how you doing this morning how's your how's your con been doing great it's it's been a a good busy con uh i'll be sleeping for like a month after this (laughs) very cool were you uh i don't know that i saw you in that pizza video from yesterday that that marvel did in their next big thing panel are you uh are you a deep dish guy or a new york style pizza guy um i don't have much experience with with deep dish so i'm gonna (laughs) have to that's on my my to-do list for the last day is i've got to like get some some good deep dish pizza tonight but uh I, I live in the south, so all of our pizza is terrible. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. appreciate you know going to any like place that has their own style of pizza. Yeah, I'm from Texas, so moving here it was like, oh, regions have pizza. What is, I've just been eating Domino's my whole life. So. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got a lot of Domino's and Papa John's Pizza Hut occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cool. So, so we're here to talk about Unstoppable Wasp. Um, so on our show on on Make My University. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, or, or at least uh, I have. It's one of my favorite books that Marvel's kind of doing at the moment. We reviewed the whole first volume before Ant-Man and the Wasp came out last summer. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, so it's just it's a really fun and at times kind of really tragic book. Um, so, what's the experience of working on it been like for you, uh, especially as as Nadia has really kind of taken off across the, the Marvel universe? Uh, it's it's been amazing because I feel like um, you know without. Uh, well, I didn't create Nadia, you know, Mark had her, but she had only really been in Avengers a couple of times before, you know, we picked her up in, in Unstoppable Wasp, so, like, we've really gotten to shape a lot of her character and what, what matters to her, and uh, that's, like, it's a great opportunity for me, like, to be able to, you know, really define this, this new character and, like, the sort of trust that entails on Marvel's part is, is pretty, uh, pretty big, so, like, being able to come in here and shape this and, and it's, it's really interesting because when I got the job I you know went to to Wade who I know and was, was like hey so uh what do I do <laughs> like you know what's 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 not like what do I have to make sure to to get right and what do I have to uh, make sure you know I keep and uh Mark to his credit was like I oh, don't ask me that just just do what you want to do you know I, I trust you to to do it right uh he's like 
Yeah, if you want to, you know, see my thoughts on it, read, you know, these couple of stories here. You know, he had a Hank Pym story that he had done for uh, Age of Ultron that, like, he was like, you know, this this is kind of how I think about Nadia, and uh, I, I read up on that stuff, and uh, you know, we kind of went from there, and I, I sent that first issue to Mark, and he was like, oh yeah, it's good, it's good, I really like it, and it's like, all right. Uh, so I, I felt like that was reassuring, um, and you know, to to get to do some of the the bigger stuff we've done in, in the story, both you know, toward the end of Volume 1, but also in the, the last few issues uh, that have come out right now, 4 and 5 of Volume 2. Yeah. It's been really uh, extraordinary, and like I, I feel like we've had a chance to tell types of stories that, that aren't really out there very much, sure. and it's been, uh, it's been incredible to have that chance. Mm-hmm. Very cool. One of the the really cool things about this book has been sort of the the interviews in the back of the book with the with the female scientists. And can you tell me uh, how that part of the book came about? Yeah, it was um, it, it came from a, a conversation that that Elsa, the artist on the first volume, and I were having, where um, you know, we were talking about wanting to to bridge the gap between the superhero science that's in the book and uh, you know the kids that might be interested in science that would be reading the book. Yeah. And um, you know, we, we sort of went back and forth about how we wanted to do it. Elsa talked about doing, like, Tumblr posts where we talked about historical female scientists and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I I like that idea, but I, I want it to be in the book. And I want it to be, you know, not about Marie Curie. Like, everybody writes a thing about Marie Curie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, I wanted it to be about, you know, women who are doing science right now who, like, if somebody reads this book and they're interested in you know what they're doing they can like go talk to them on twitter mm-hmm. um, you know it's, it's an incredible opportunity i think for uh you know girls and, and women to know that these people are out there and that they can just talk to them you know and they're uh most of them are as as you can see from the interviews like very excited about talking with about what they do yeah for sure and uh it's, it's been great because i think they're always like super excited about being in a comic book and i'm super excited to like get to interview people who have like these crazy interesting job titles and do like do jobs that i don't fully understand what it is they even do yeah um and then like uh to, to be able to then i think you know i've had a couple of chances where we've done actual science stuff in the book and i've been able to go back to them and be like hey so this is what i wrote is this is this right does this make sense you know having that chance to like have a science console has been really cool mm-hmm. very cool very cool um so let's kind of get get into the heart of the book. The most recent couple issues you mentioned, four and four and five, um, I think probably left uh, a lot of people crying at the end. I think I was one of those <laughs> one of those folks. Um, you depicted Nadia as you know as dealing with coming to realize that she's bipolar, the fears of all that, um, and then coming to realize that she needs help. How did you decide that that was something that Nadia would probably have to deal with? And then what sort of of research and work did you have to do to be able to to talk about bipolar disorder respectfully? Uh, it was something that we had talked about from you know, the, the first volume of the book. Um, you know, Alana and I had, had chatted about it at, at the very beginning because, you know, uh, it is sort of on record. He's, he's self-diagnosed, but Hank has you know, bipolar disorder, and that is a thing that um, you know is is commonly genetic. You know, it's much there's a much higher percentage that you'll have bipolar disorder if your parents have it, um, and so like that was a thing that we'd always sort of taken into account was a, a story we could tell and, and something we wanted to do um but wasn't like the first story we wanted to tell um and i didn't 
think it was important to us that like that be part of her personality but not be the like defining thing about Nadia um, so I, I don't think that's like true of people in real life yeah you yeah. know um, so I, it's I think it was important that like we established so much of that early on um, and then you know when, when we got the chance to come back and do the second volume uh, Tom Brevoort said to me specifically like you know if there's a story you want to tell this is the opportunity to tell it you know it's, it's not often that books come back and you know this is, this is a good chance you know don't put anything off and count on you know some point down the line telling the story so uh, we kind of sat down and, and hammered it out and figured out what we wanted to do and uh, you know I did I did my own sort of research and reading up on stuff and figuring out uh, you know what this should look like early on uh, but then as I was writing it, I did a lot of consulting both with, um, I, I have an actual like psychologist in the special things that I, I worked with as well as, uh, uh, Chris Siri, who's interviewed in issue five, who, uh, mm-hmm. is an actual like professor of psychology at Johns Hopkins. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like those, those were, I think my first sort of touches and, and I want to deal as well. You know, we, we talked to some people who actually, uh, deal with you know having bipolar disorder themselves or have you know friends and family members who they're caretakers for who like they deal with it on a, a regular basis the way you know our our sporting cast will have to um and they wanted to make sure that like we got that perspective right and that it didn't just it wasn't just clinically correct but that it like felt like the experience you know and that uh people reading that book who uh, who have bipolar disorder have experience with it will recognize that in the story mm-hmm. and uh, you know that Nadia can be that kind of representation for people is, is important to me um, so like yeah we I did a lot of a lot of uh, talking to them and you know doing small edits to, to make sure everything sort of came across right and then a lot of panicking in between like <laughs> finishing it and then coming yeah. out that you know uh, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, people didn't feel like uh, we were approaching it unfairly or anything like that. Sure, sure. So, I guess sort of picking up on that that last thread, what has the feedback and sort of aftermath of these couple issues been from from fans or um, fans maybe like struggling with mental illness or then, you know, and also one of the really prominent aspects of the book is you have um, like queer characters up at the front. And so what has been sort of the feedback from, from some of your queer fans you get to see you explore um, Shay and Ying's really cute relationship? Uh, it's been, I mean, in, in both cases, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, you know, I, I think it's been really interesting for me with the, uh, with the storyline with, with uh, bipolar and stuff that, like, there have been a lot of people who both, like, relate very strongly to, you know, some element of the story and, and feel uh, seen and feel excited about seeing, um, you know, uh, this this sort of representation, even if you know it is something that makes them cry, because yeah. uh, you know that's uh, it's definitely. Uh, I, I feel like I'm patting myself on the back when I say this, but like it's definitely made me cry as I was writing it. Like it's, uh, I feel like some some heavy and important stuff. Um, but like, uh, I think I, I've had people uh, approach me afterwards and say like. Oh, you know, I I read this and I think uh, I think maybe I might be bipolar and like that's that's an incredible like opportunity to have to I, I guess have that sort of effect on somebody that you know they see themselves in this to an extent that they're like I'm gonna go look into this yeah. and that's that's been uh, that's been my dividing line on it is like when people come to me it's like yeah you should go talk to somebody who's a psychologist about this like 
thank you for coming to me and letting me know like <laughs> that this happened but like i am not <laughs> i can't I, I don't want to give you advice other than like go talk to, to somebody who knows what they're talking about um which is cool and yeah i i think uh having a chance to develop shane ying's relationship too has been um, a really cool thing because um i they're both characters I, I created in the first volume and it's nice to like see them have a chance to to live and grow and um sort of come into their own in the story and uh yeah we're we're doing some some actual cool stuff with that relationship in the next issue um because uh, in issue six uh part of what we're doing is uh she is taking ying to introduce her to her mother so uh, oh. yeah it'll be uh it's getting serious yeah it's, <laughs> it's a little serious uh but yeah it's uh it's, it's fun to, to get to write that and to have like a lot of my favorite stuff in, in comics that I liked as a kid was you know relationship stuff between the characters and, and downtime stuff when they're not necessarily fighting a big evil and to right. have that sort of opportunity to write those stories where you know um, again you know, there's there's representation there but also like just these uh, relationships and characters that people like are drawn to and love like the, the number of people who uh get super excited like tweeting about the comic about you know their relationship and how cute it is it's like that's that's that touches my heart sure it's <laughs> important to me yeah um i asked another the creator a similar question yesterday i think it was actually season um or it was season i think that's season sitting by um uh, but in your opinion why is it important that we get to tell stories like this um i think I think it's important to, to be able to tell stories where uh, different types of people get to be heroes. I, I think, you know, there's, um, I think that's the reason that characters like Spider-Man, like, catch on and last so long. It's because that's something that, you know, at the time he came about, there wasn't uh, a wealth of, like, nerdy teenage kids who were superheroes. It was, you know, something that that people saw themselves in uniquely. And I think the same is true of uh, Kamala Khan and uh, a lot of, you know, characters that, that we've worked with over the last few years. Um, it's it's important for, for everybody to sort of be able to see themselves and to be able to see other people as heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think there's a tendency to, you know, uh, hate and fear what we don't understand, as, yeah. uh, as Charles Xavier would say. Uh, and, and to, like, be able to see other people um, both being different, but also like being real and heroic and, and stuff like that is, is is important and maybe not as maybe not as important as being able to see yourself and stuff. But uh, I, I think you know that's something that I, I've picked up that it's it's good to be able to to see stories of other types of people and be able to understand them you know a little better. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um... Well, Jeremy, thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, issue 6 comes out on April 10th. Nadia's got a lot of pieces to pick up, relationships to men and so forth. Is there anything that you'd like to tease about that issue and sort of where we go from here or other things you have going on other places or at Marvel? <laughs> well, there's uh, there's nothing I can tease too much about future stuff at Marvel. Uh, hopefully uh, by, like, San Diego I'll be able to tease more stuff. But... Uh, I, as far as uh, Nadia and, and the crew, um, I'm, I'm really excited about issue six. It's sort of, uh, it is sort of a downtime issue after you know every, the big stuff that happened in four and five, and uh, there is definitely you know an aspect of Nadia trying to uh, 
fix some of these friendships that you know have, have suffered from this, especially the relationship between her and Taina, who was uh, rightfully bothered by some of the the stuff that Nadia did in uh, issue four and five. Um, but we also have you know some some relationship stuff, uh, relationship stuff with uh, Shay and Ying, and uh, got I think some some pretty cool fun developments with uh, with Priya coming in this next story as well. And then uh, I'm I'm really excited about issue seven, which is uh, Nadia's having a birthday party, which is her her first ever. So we're gonna get to see uh, Nadia finally interact with uh, some of the more uh, extended Pym family tree. Very cool, very cool. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you.